Hello, and welcome to another edition of Brian's Budgets, a podcast by Carrick Consulting and hosted by me, Brian Carrick. In this podcast, we'll talk about money and the role it plays in our lives. I'll also offer some helpful suggestions along the way for your money management. Budgets are often a very complicated discussion. Um, And I find that when I speak to people who are not actively budgeting with their daily expenses, uh, the reason is because it's deemed to be too complicated, right? And in some cases, uh, there isn't a strong driver to budget because there isn't a clear reason why budgeting positively impacts a person's life. There's an analogy that I like that budgeting is like a GPS. And what I mean by that is if you are in San Francisco and I tell you to drive to New York and I don't give you a GPS and I don't give you any kind of uh, map or any way to to get yourself there um, and you have to just rely strictly on pure instinct uh, and experience, then what do you do? Well, you probably start by driving east, right? I will give you the benefit of the doubt that your first move isn't to drive west into the Pacific Ocean. Um, But you drive east, and you know you need to get up a little farther north, so you start driving. And uh, as the days go on, you can probably give yourself a little bit of a check and balance to ensure you're going in the right direction. But at the end of the day, uh, what I can promise you is that you will spend the majority of that time second-guessing every decision you make and probably building up a good amount of stress uh, along the way as to whether or not you're driving in the most efficient manner, uh, whether or not you'll reach the destination that you were hoping to on the front end, etc. Right? Uh, one thing is for certain, you will not relax at any time uh, during the days that it takes you to complete that drive. Now, if instead uh, I say you need to drive from San Francisco to New York and you have seven days to do it, and here are your different rest stops that you uh, need to get to each at the end of each of these seven days. And uh, here's a GPS uh, that will show you the most efficient roads um, and, and routes to take um, between point A and point B uh, on a daily basis. And as you reach the end of your journey, uh, you will find that you've driven you know, the most beautiful scenic routes with uh, the most efficient trips, and uh, you'll have a really great time. And so if I put you in that position and you depart, uh, what I can guarantee you is that you will find time to relax during that drive. Uh, because you will get onto a freeway and you'll look down at the GPS and it will say, you're going to stay on this road for 200 miles, right? And In that moment, you will take a breath and relax because you know that you are doing everything you need to be doing uh, and that time will go on. And uh, as time does, the the actions that you are planning to take uh, will ultimately lead you to your desired destination, right? And you will achieve your desired outcome. So as you're listening to that, I'm I'm sure you you can begin to hear the parallels Uh, between having a GPS in your vehicle for a drive across the country and having budgets in place in your daily life in order to achieve major financial goals, whether that's retirement uh, or something 
in the future, the more distant future, you know, the the opportunity to purchase a home um, or to have a child and be financially ready for that. And so by putting kind of your goals in place, whether it's driving from San Francisco to New York in the driving model, uh, or whether it's saying I want to um, purchase a house in 10 years, if you outline where you want to go and identify what the numbers associated with those objectives are, you can kind of reverse engineer your monthly budgets, your annual spending plans in order to achieve those results. And so we certainly um, could get into the, the details of all of the different areas you should budget and all the different ways that you should properly save uh, as time goes on, as the years go by. Um, but just to start the conversation, I think it's important to accept the fact uh, that budgeting and learning how to properly plan around your financial situation is going to be a daily improvement plan. And you will start by kicking it off with your best guess. And it'll be an educated guess and informed decision-making where you're able to kind of go through your past expenses and make a pretty good roadmap for yourself in terms of goals of your spending behavior going forward and whether or not you can um, achieve your savings goals will uh, then drive whether or not adjustments are required, right? But at its simplest form, you can start with something easy. And, th and those are things like variable expenses, um, groceries, for instance, you know, whether or not you're going out and getting steak every night versus uh, recognizing your financial situation as one in this moment where you want to be more frugal and making uh, different decisions uh, to have uh, a specific uh, game plan when you go to the grocery store and keep your costs low. And uh, there's this whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses, which if you haven't heard of it, is this idea that we are driven to spend money on things we wouldn't otherwise even desire if it weren't for the person next to us who had that thing. Uh, so an example might be your neighbor buys a new car, but you perceive that you have a better job that pays more money than your neighbor does. And if your neighbor can buy a new car, well, then you should be able to as well, right? That's this idea of keeping up with the Joneses. The new iPhone that comes out every year is, without a doubt, my biggest obstacle to consider every fiscal year. And the reason for that is because I love having the new iPhone. And that's really stupid, but it brings me joy. And I really value, above all other things that I may spend money on uh, for fun, I really value having the newest technology in my pocket. And so it begs the question, can one f be financially responsible with that habit? 
and I think that you can. And uh, beyond that, I think it presents an interesting opportunity in and of itself uh, on an annual basis. I'll tell you what I mean by that. If you walk into an Apple store, an AT&T store, T-Mobile store today, and you say, I want the new iPhone, uh, you will likely be able to walk out of the store with that new phone today, even if you don't have all that money saved up. So how does that happen? Well, obviously, uh, you could put it on a credit card that you don't intend to pay off on time. Um, this is not uh, the right move, um, but unfortunately it is a very common uh, practice for most of America these days, uh, is to put more than we can afford on a credit card, make minimum payments in order to get by, and um, kind of build a habit, a poor habit, of uh, spending beyond our means. And then, for the less savvy individual uh, the Apple company will actually trick you into doing the same thing with them. Uh, so what they will say is um, that you can come in and you can purchase the new iPhone and it's only going to be $25 a month, right? And, and there's always the fine print. Um, and whether that's making payments for multiple years or a substantial down deposit on, on the purchase itself uh, before you can walk away with it, there's always a catch. And so... There's another way to look at this, uh, and, and this is how we practice um, with regard to purchasing a new iPhone, is uh, with a trade-in value, you can typically get the new iPhone for $600. So if you trade in last year's model, you can get the newest model for $600 um, every year that it comes out. And so $600 divided by 12 is $50. $50 a month saved in advance will allow you to have the money you need uh, the day the new iPhone comes out to make that purchase. And so what does that do? Well, one, it creates an intentional practice of setting aside that money uh, on a regular basis. Every 30 days, $50 needs to go into this separate account just for a new iPhone. And when that day comes 12 months later you are then presented with an opportunity and that is either to buy the new iPhone as planned guilt-free because you've saved for it you've thought about it for 12 months and you have the money set aside to make the purchase so you do the other option you have which is very interesting is when you've saved that money in advance you then have a much harder look in the mirror to say, I have a perfectly functioning phone that's only one year old, and if I'm willing to keep this phone and continue to use it, I then have $600 available to me to use in whatever way I wish, right? And whether that's bolstering your savings or purchasing something else that brings you more joy than a new phone upgrade at that time, you have put yourself in a position to responsibly consider your options in that moment. And that is a lot more than you can say for a situation where a decision you make in one hour 
to get the new phone, to show up to the store, to sign up for the payment plan. That is a split-second decision in some cases, right? Whereas on the flip side, having 12 months to make that decision could result in the same exact purchase on the release date, but with much different circumstances around it. The holidays are the most budget-worthy event that we have each year. And regardless of which of those holidays you celebrate, uh, or if birthdays are a bigger influence in your life, the reality is, whether it's someone's wedding, or anniversary, or birthday, or holiday, there are several times throughout the year uh, where there is an innate social pressure to purchase a gift for someone else. Now, giving, research shows, is one of the best ways for you to spend your money in a manner that you will not regret later. And I love this. Uh, you know, I think there's this whole idea of giving that can be a retroactive framework in someone's budgeting plan. And, and it could look like, you know, I've got this much coming in each month. I have these expenses. I want to do this much for savings. And, oh, by the way, I probably should give a donation to this group, I probably should um, purchase this gift for a family member, right? Instead, take an opportunity to set up your charitable giving and gift purchasing as a budget. And most likely, this will be an annual budget. Uh, setting up a, uh, a fixed amount on a monthly basis may work for you as well. Uh, but I would encourage you to just make a list of your family members and your friends that are, uh, you know, your closer friends in life, and their birthdays, their wedding anniversaries, and any holidays that you celebrate that may indicate you need to give a gift, right? And right away, you're going to have an instinct of, well, I don't exchange gifts. I don't exchange gifts, which is fine if that is truly uh, how it's going to go for you. Um, but what ends up happening in reality is folks who are working through a savings plan or trying to get out of debt uh, will, when they're setting up their budgets, make a decision that's half thought through that says, I'm just not going to get gifts while I'm working through this, right? But when the actual holiday event shows up, there becomes this peer pressure to reconsider that in the moment. And what ends up happening is folks will spend outside of their budget in order to not show up empty-handed. So I would encourage you to make a budget for giving, and this could be $5 per person, right? But whether it's a uh, gift card to someone's favorite coffee shop or a donation in their name uh, to a charitable organization that they care about, having a budget set aside for every individual in your family and close friend group for every event 
and holiday that comes throughout the year will ensure that you're financially prepared for those events. And so what happens if you stick to your guns and you are able to live a life where during a time where you're paying off debt and getting yourself out of a financial hole, you're not purchasing gifts? Are you going to be really that upset if you have a gift and charitable giving budget at the end of the uh, year that went unspent? No, you're going to make a new decision with that money. But if you decide not to save that money in the first place and uh, go through the year, unfortunately you may find um, that there are certain situations that uh, compel you to spend outside your means at that time and, and you really do set yourself up for some, for some obstacles. So um, beyond that, once you're out of debt, once you are in a stronger financial position, you're then able to increase those budgets accordingly and build a stronger foundation, A, for the giving that you do in your life, but B, a structure around that so that you know exactly how much you need to be budgeting in order to follow through with the traditions uh, and uh, the, the guidelines that you've set forth for yourself uh, in this arena, right? And so, for instance, if you've originally set a budget for $5 a person, uh, and, and again, I'm not talking about per person, right? But I'm talking about every single person in your life, again, close family and friends, and every event, right? So every holiday, birthday, anniversary, right? So you've got maybe 30 to 50 line items if you've got a big family, right? So as you're going through those, you may not be able to assign a dollar value to each one, right? But when you find yourself in a position to be more generous than you have in a previous year, you have a really strong guideline to say, great, I'm going to increase every single one of these line items by 20%, right? And so everybody is going to go up from $5 to $6, right? And, and that, could, that could seem silly. But at the same time, um, it's important to have this level of structure with these types of budgets because the expenses never stop coming around. Um, but by putting yourself in a position to be planful uh, with those expenses, it is again not dissimilar to saving for the iPhone. It puts you in a great position to evaluate at each one of these events how you wish to spend the money that's been budgeted and set aside as opposed to feeling guilty or any other negative emotion that may cause you to spend outside of your means. This idea of not hiding from your expenses that you incur on an annual basis is an interesting one. And I find that I'm even guilty of it myself sometimes. The way that it looks is you, um, you've budgeted, say, $50 a month for your electricity. And then every month your electricity bill comes in and, again, based on usage, um, you, you see that it's coming in at 55, 60, 59, 58, 61, 62, right? And I found myself saying, well, you know, it's close enough. It's close enough. It's close enough to 50, right? And I further justify the fact that I've got $50 uh, 
a month set aside for electricity and why wouldn't I increase it to a more realistic monthly number? It's because I'm hiding from the reality of what that means, right? So let's say, for instance, that a more appropriate number would be $60 a month. So to increase my monthly electricity budget by $10 a month in order to um, properly reflect what my actual usage costs me. And so, you know, the reason we don't do this is because that would create a $120 deficit or expense on our annual budget, right? Because we went from 50 to 60, $10 a month, 12 months. That's $120 extra in the year for electricity. So you go, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't have that extra money, right? And the reality is what happens instead? Well, I say, okay, well, I've got $50 a month for electricity and I'm going to have you know, $120 in savings at the end of the year. Well, what happens is you don't actually get to stay under $50 a month with the electricity because, again, the actuals are closer to $52, $59, $61. Every month that you're over that $50, where does that money come from? It comes from savings, right? That's that much less that you get to put into your savings account because you overspent in a different line item. And so you get to the end of the year and you go, why don't I have anything in my savings account? Oh, I guess it's because we were over budget on electricity every single month, right? And so the reality is if you had budgeted that $60 a month appropriately for your electricity usage, you would have had a more accurate picture on day one of your savings account reflecting that $120 loss. And though that can be difficult to address in the moment because you say, well, where are we going to make that money up? You know, I guess we're going to have to cut $10 a month out of our Starbucks budget, right? That is a decision you do want to make in advance. You do want to see how the under-budgeting for your electricity bill in this case is going to impact your year-end picture. And so it took me longer than you would want for this to really click. And for the longest time, I was so optimistic behind some of my variable budgets, um, especially with regard to utility usage, because I felt like I could hide from the fact that I couldn't keep it under this budgeted amount. Um, But I didn't want to, in advance, explain why it was going to have to go up by 20%, right? And so that was a good lesson I learned, which was to face that ugly truth on the front end, on day one, and make the necessary changes um, on other budgets where I had some flexibility in order to meet my year-end goals. And this lesson can be applied to so many areas of your budget, right? And some costs, like electricity, are a little bit more difficult to control, right? Because once you cut out the obvious things, like not leaving the lights on when you're not in the room and and those kind of things, at some point, it just costs what it costs for you to live your life uh, with the electricity that you need, right? At some point, you need to have a light on, you need to have the heat running, you need to have your phone charged overnight. That costs something, um, and so at some point, it becomes very difficult to to further cut those down. So instead, having an accurate picture of 
what your pick your costs are and ensuring that they're accurately represented in your budget uh, in the long run will lead you to the most success. That concludes today's episode of Brian's Budgets. You can sign up for our newsletter and catch up on content you've missed by visiting carrotconsulting.com. That's K-E-R-R-I-C-K consulting.com. Thanks for listening.